Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Hi, Matthew. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? I am good, too, but I'm tired. <laughs> I am with you, but you are three hours behind me, my friend. <laughs> so, I am sorry for you. <laughs> Let's talk simple color theory. Let's talk reds and yellows and blues and favorites. And which is better? Or which is best? And then, what happens? What new things we create when they mix? When the blue and the yellow create green? This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 443. And I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Ari Chung is joining me on the show today. It's been a while since Ari and I last talked on record. And it's fair to say that the book that brought us back together is his strongest yet. I know I certainly am head over heels for it. But before we get started, please listen to a short message from our sponsors who helped to make today's episode possible. The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Gallery Nucleus, an art gallery and bookstore where you can find prints, books, and other gifts from some of your favorite children's book illustrators like John Clausen, Christian Robinson, and more. Gallery Nucleus is offering listeners 15% off your next purchase by entering in the promo code WONDER18. Visit gallerynucleus.com to discover more or click on the Gallery Nucleus banner at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast. The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Storyteller Academy. Learn the art of storytelling from published authors, illustrators, and editors at Storyteller Academy. The team behind Storyteller Academy share our mission is to help aspiring storytellers learn the craft of storytelling by sharing our creative process intimately. We believe everyone has a story to tell. Listeners of the Children's Book Podcast are invited to a free mini-class. Enroll today at www.storytelleracademy.com wonder, or click on the Storyteller Academy banner at matthewcwinner.com podcast. And now, please welcome my guest, Ari Chung, and his newest picture book, Mixed. Welcome back to the podcast, Ari Chung. Welcome back. Thanks, Matthew. Thanks for having me back. It's been a while. I need to see you more often than this, but it's okay. (laughs) We're here now. I'm enjoying the moment. As my favorite podcast says, I'm enjoying my burrito. Glad you're here, man. So, okay, life is going on, but 
more importantly, you've got this book coming out that I've deliberately been not talking about to you because I need to save words for me to talk to you about it on record because I have this bad habit of talking to my guests and saying everything before we hit record and then having to repeat myself. <laughs> so, Ari, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hold off and I'm going to ask you first please to introduce yourself. Who are you? What are the books that you write for the people listening that might not know you yet? Could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Ari Chang. I'm a children's book author and illustrator. I have a picture book series called Ninja, which stars Ninja Maxwell, and uh, it's a three-book series, and I've also illustrated a few other books, uh, The Fix-It Man. Um, I've also have uh, written and illustrated a book called Out, and my newest picture book, which I'm so proud about, um, is called Mix, and it uses simple color theory to describe diversity and, and acceptance and inclusion. And I'm just really excited about it because I think it's a timely book and it's an idea I've had in my head for several years. And so it's really thrilling to finally make that book that's been stuck in your head. Ari, two two years ago, a year and a half ago, two Februarys yeah. ago in New York mm-hmm. City at SCBWI's National Conference, we were at a bar mm-hmm. after hours with the yeah. All the Wonders crew and I remember us, you know, gathering around. Maybe it was even Blake calling me over to see this mm-hmm. thing that you were carrying in your backpack, which was what form was mixed in at that point? Had it been sold by then or was it not? Oh, yeah. Where were we? That was so, that was already it, it was already on its way. Yeah, it was. I think I had, actually I, so I go to New York to work with my editor Um she and I are very close, and so I make sure I go there every year, at least once a year, to just work on new ideas. And I was excited to go there that two Novembers ago because I felt like I had finally cracked the story, meaning I understood how to simplify it and how to make it really strong. And then uh, I think when I bumped into you, it was actually um, – after my editor and I actually had worked on it a bit and pretty much the story that is now is as a result from one of those working sessions. And so that was a really exciting time because this is when I knew finally this is going to be a book. (laughs) Oh, you were, you were glowing about it. I remember how you were talking about this book and I remember in a very, very crowded and noisy bar feeling like everything was silenced when I sat and read it. It was such a special feeling. It was such a, uh, an emotional, uh, an emotionally, uh, I think an emotionally charged memory for me, um, reading mixed when we were in that bar. And so to have it come back and to see it now in, I'm reading it in F and G, um, you know, it'll be out in August and, or in July, I mean, July, yeah, July third. Yeah. Um, it's it's mm-hmm. to know that it's like here that it's time. I know you've been with it for a while, but it's it's exciting, Ari, to see it uh, in its form now. 
And uh, I have got also plenty of stories to tell you about my children reading this book with me and cracking themselves up for all different reasons. Uh, Each time we've read it has been a different reason. There you go. Well, let's get into the sincere stuff first, and then I'm going to break it up with the ridiculous because uh, my seven-year-old knows how to make the room giggle. We'll put it that way. Um, (laughs) But in in this this story of mixed, you've got – I've got we've got this like wonderful biblical text connection in the beginning of in the beginning in the beginning there were three <laughs> colors in the beginning there were three colors yellows reds and blues and you go from there to describe these three colors um, being individuals being loud being bright being cool but ultimately being separate being mm-hmm. uh, being. Uh, of of what emotion to feel that we need to not be mixed. We need to not be near each other. We uh, are feeling preference to just not be with anybody else. So to have um, to have us go from there to, as the title promises, to something mixed, I think um, already sets out the tension. But I love, I should say, and I don't think this is spoiling anything. I think that it's it's fair to say that you break mm-hmm. the tension by bringing new life into the world. And I love yeah. that, Ari, because I think that, I mean, you you know I've been an educator for some time now, but mm-hmm. I know that we share the same feeling toward children, that they're, they're our next chance. They're our new hope. They are, they are the ones that we pour all of our knowledge into so that they can make us better and make this world better. And I love that you made that choice that the way that we would break this tension is through new life and through a child. So I wanted to start off just by, by talking to you about if that idea had been part of this story idea all along, or if that was something that developed later, as you were saying, you've were sort of trying to figure out what the heart of the story was with your editor. Yeah. So great question is, um, I knew from the start that I wanted to um, use color theory as a way to describe diversity and race relations, obviously, right? And so when I remember when I had that initial idea, I was like, oh, wow, this could be really powerful and this could be, um, it could be a great metaphor. And I thought, oh, it had to be, it just had to have been done already. And I looked, and it hadn't been done in the way that I thought it could be done. And so that was, gosh, five or six years ago. And I was stuck with this story for a few years because, you know, when you're talking about race relations, it's really complicated, and uh, and you have to be careful. And, and so um, I went down lots of rabbit holes of overcomplicating sort of what mixing might mean and, and, and what are all the exploring lots of different problems that can happen from it. But as you mentioned, um, with the core storyline of, you know, that kids bring families together, that's when the whole story cleared up for me. That's when I realized with the birth of green. So, I think it's okay for us to talk about the plot and you know, because, uh, you know, people are going to find it anyway, but it's, it's also what makes the story 
appealing is basically I, yeah i think it's the what three makes colors history. yeah yeah exactly the three colors argue over which color is best which is basically the simplest way i can say of racism is you simply think that your race is better than another race and that's something that you know it's obviously happening still in today's world and has been even more amplified recently with with the politics of today but well, um well, and if I can jump in to to to, uh-huh. to bring us back into your book on that, on the page of the separation, the colors decided to live in separate parts of the city is what your text says. Um, and I should point out mm-hmm. that for those that haven't seen the book yet, the illustrations are the only color in the book are the characters, and the characters are round; they're circle circular shapes with yeah. uh, with eyes and appendages and hats and driving vehicles and what have you, but everything else you've limited everything or you've wiped the color out of everything else so that so our eyes go to the color but what i found then is that my eyes really had to read those pictures intentionally to see the details in the book and in that page where you have set up redville and blue town and yellow heights in that page Mm -hmm. you also have set up a wall a wall with with someone watching the wall, with a guard watching the wall. A wall with, mm-hmm. you know, red builds a wall with a, a, a barbed wire fence at the top, and blue is building a wall against the wall, which I thought was mm-hmm. a, a statement just to say like your wall's not good enough. I'm gonna we're gonna do it as well. And then on the other side of right. it, um, yellow and blue have built uh, a gate so that we can see the um the the separation of colors but not mix them and i i like also that that you show on their faces that that this separation the colors decided to live in separate parts of the city there's no one content on that page there's not a single character that's like finally this was the right decision instead the mm-hmm. faces appear to be feeling like what have we done we can't go back from here it feels like an irreversible decision, just the way that you yeah. pose them. Yeah. Yeah, and that's you know what's so interesting with um, with what you said is that's what's happening in today's world too, right? Right. You have Donald Trump talking about building a, a wall and a border. It's just ridiculous. It's just more walls that separate people from, from other people and. I think that's where a lot of the inspiration of real life comes into this story that can be used to talk about real things and and to to discuss and debate on what is a better way going forward. Yeah. Did you listen to that episode of um, 99% Invisible? They did a recent episode on walls, about walls going up all over the country. They they used Trump's uh, wall samples – to mm-hmm. to go deeper into talking about the different walls around the world of 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 different countries that build walls and how people try to overcome them, um, but it's fascinating that that seems to be the the human race's uh, mode of of division is let's just build a wall. This is how we'll stop people. We'll just build a wall. Uh, just a very physical reminder uh, that we don't mm-hmm. we don't want. We don't want to be on. We want to keep one person out or keep us in. Yeah. So I think that it's it's uh, in that way very provocative that you chose to do that with these colors. 
Thanks, Matthew. Yeah, that, that spread actually went through a few different revisions just to even make that point even more. I, I remember a few versions ago, there weren't as many physical barriers. It was just um, different parts of the city. And then I thought of walls and then, you know, and then barbed wire. And, and you, know, you actually just, you look at reference, you look at what's happening in the world and inspires and, and you just know, well, I've, I've, I've got to put um, <laughs> put some images of what I really see in the world into there. Yes. It, adds, it, you know, it just makes it, makes it feel more true, but it's sadly also the state that, you know, our society's in today. It's when a picture book reflects what's going on outside the world. I think that it also, I was saying to you before recording uh, that your book really saves a lot of space for the reader to see themselves and their circumstances and their friends and their family Mm -hmm. in, which is a really beautiful thing. And I think that, that there are, when we talk about walls, when we talk about um, families, when we talk about uh, mixing with people that maybe don't look like us and what it might mean to mix in terms of playing with them or sitting beside them or having a family with them. It, there's there's so much that people can, can see themselves in and, and take from. Um, but, but I'm hearing you right that, that like this book was basically done before before there was all of this like current news about walls and about right so i mean to to speak to the uh the uh universality of the story is important to point out it feels timely now but it it was a story that existed before what we would call timely that is true when we were looking at this in new york together that was way before Donald Trump got elected. I didn't even think he had a chance. But I think, um, you know, where the themes of mixing and of interracial families and, and, and babies making the world more colorful just comes from uh, my friends and their families and, you know, my nieces and nephews and they're mixed. And, you know, I want to make this book for them. Um, and how they're going to fit in the world, and and that, and, and just to let them know that they are their own unique color. You know, um, I think as the world changed around us, and while I was making this book, it emphasized, okay, uh, you know, with that particular spread that we we're talking about with the walls, is is to revise it and to make it even more uh, segregated because uh, we do actually have a lot of and political um, debate that is separating us more than joining us together right? and dividing us. Yeah. I want to talk but, to you about this. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to go back into but design, just, but, but finish your thought. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, oftentimes when, you, when you're working on a story and you're trying to find the heart of it, because stories are puzzles, right? There, there's so many different possibilities and combinations. And so you have to, navigate your way through that and and oftentimes the way to do it is to try to find uh, what I call the universal truth (laughs) and so when I was thinking about mixed uh, what the universal truth was is that even in families that that come from different cultures and don't see it eye to eye what bonds them is 
his children and his babies and, and there's, uh, and there's a purity to that. And so that's what unlocked the story for me and, and was able to, um, be the heart of what mixed is, is that, um, that as, as colors mix and as, as people mix and make new families that, you know, they're not, um, they're their own unique thing. They're, they're their own unique color. And, uh, and that the world is more diverse because, and more colorful because there's all sorts of different colors. And I think it just works so well with the analogy of, of, of colors as well, which was really fun to play with, um, you know, names like lavender and olive and jade and, you know, they're different shades. They're different. They're their own color. So I wait. Yeah. I gotta turn that page. That's that was. There are many pages that are like some of my favorites uh, of things that I've I've just seen this year um, in picture mm-hmm. books. But that in particular, the way that you turned your phrase there. Sorry, I'm getting right to the right page. Um, uh, it says to lead into it. The colors began to see new possibilities. Soon, other colors mixed and mixed. And mixed and mixed. There were so many new colors and a lot of new names. Be careful, Jade. Don't forget your glasses, Lavender. Have fun, Amber. I love that that (laughs) these children are. There's so many new colors and new names. I wanted to tell you that I felt like Mm -hmm. this book really sings to the format of the picture book as a mode of storytelling because... Uh, quite frankly, as I read this book a number of times to my children, I couldn't help but feel like I'm an adult reading this story to a child who is that mix, who is that new, that hope, that mm-hmm. promise. And that That's mix probably. for me, for my family, my, my wife and I are both white, our children are white. But that's not to say there's nothing mixing. Of course, there's so much mixing in them. There's so much that comes uh-huh. out that wasn't there before. That is a combination of the two of us. There's so much there that we can see the purple and the yellow come together and see our children as these beautiful shades of green, to use that analogy. Um, uh-huh. that That's where I come back to how much room there is in this book but i actually want to come back with you to design yeah. i have a quick question and then a, a deeper question i think um sure. for you when you were picturing the design of this book were you always um color blocking like that with the characters as those dots and then the uh, a wash with black and white everywhere else yeah for sure Good. I'm, I'm glad that was such a strong aesthetic to do that yeah good yeah i mean i think as a designer artist and designer I always take my visual cues from the story and so I always knew that that for mix to work conceptually it should be painted uh, all the characters should be those pure colors and everything else needs to be black or then I went through a design process of um, looking at reference and finding the kind of marks I like in terms of the how to produce those marks with ink and sort of the jaggedness of it and, you know, um, and where you can use pencils for smudges and things like that. But I always had a pretty strong idea of, of 
what it should feel like and then you have to just do the work and producing lots of images until you until you get there and, and say yes that's it that's unique that's what it feels feels good uh yes i yeah yeah it feels good that's <laughs> that that's mm, i like that i like when the i like when the artist i like when the author says you know you work at it until it feels good then you're like there it is <laughs> Um, yeah, it takes like ten versions, but it gets there. <laughs> it gets there, and the important it part is there. that you you find ways to love it in its time of getting there. <laughs> um, That's right. So there's this thing that I am sure that I'm reading way too much into, but again, there's space in this book for me to read into as much as I want of things. But um, our 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 pair of characters that um, ultimately becomes the pair to start the mix. Our blue and our mm-hmm. red are two characters where, um, or our blue and red, I said the wrong color. I'm looking right at it too. Our, our blue and yellow. Um, when yellow passes blue on the bench and, and blue is crying, I assume it's crying, there's a puddle beneath blue. Mm-hmm. When I read it, it's a puddle beneath blue that's reflecting blue. Uh, and that expression changes when, um, when really they, they see each other and they affirm what they feel about being around each other. The lines read, mm-hmm. uh, the one, then one day a yellow noticed a blue and something happened. I feel so happy when I'm near you and I feel so calm when I'm with you. The reflection changes, but what I wanted to call out is that the reflection is colorless and for me i i just felt like i again i'm aware how much i'm reading into this but Uh the the way of looking at it going like i'm looking at myself and i'm not seeing a color i'm not seeing that i'm different from someone else so doesn't that give me the capacity to love someone else then what am i seeing in myself i'm seeing my sadness in that reflection i'm seeing the emotion Mm -hmm. i'm not seeing what i look like i'm seeing how I feel. And then to have that page turn or rather on the other side of the, of the, um, of the page to have that emotion be changed by company, by seeing each other. Um, that was just, there's a number of moments that you halted me in this story. Uh, and I know that other readers will find other moments in this book that, that stopped them. But that was a moment that really stopped me each and every time I read it, it really stopped me. Ari, and um, wow. you you created a really quiet, special moment for me there, and I I really yeah. wanted to tell you that I appreciated that moment. That's awesome. Thanks. I also Thanks really appreciated calling. the um, the um, the um, really I guess I would I would say the the gender fluidity that you play with in the in the illustrations mm-hmm. that it's not distinctly uh, male characters or female characters. Um, it might be more. Um, there are, there are some gender norms that I think we may or may not read into, but for mm-hmm. the, but but that again, the more I see that, the more I'm reflecting that. Well, that's really me reading into it because I'm what I'm looking at is a blue circle with eyes, a nose, and a mouth. Uh, there is no gender there. I'm placing the gender on it. Um, exactly. And, and so, so in that moment of the two characters meeting one another, uh, I like that. I like that. I like that these two characters meet. I like that. For me, and I like that you've given space for it to be 
however anyone wants to read it. But I like that for me, those are two male characters that are seeing each other and feeling and then bringing a child into this world that's the change. Mm -hmm. But I also like that I can see someone else looking and going, no, that's actually my family. Or that's me and my best friend. Or that's the two people from my synagogue. Or that's, I like that I look at that and there's just space there. So I... I'm going to I'm going to pull a line from Lee Wind. You know, do you know Lee? Yeah. I'm going to pull a line Absolutely. from Lee. I'm going to get it wrong, but he says this and it matters so much to me. When I look at that, Ari the the light in me sees and affirms the light in you. I can see so much light in you in this book. I see your heart in this. <laughs> and it is it is a beautiful beautiful thing. Thanks, Matthew. I I just uh I'm just so excited to share this book with others because I think that that it will it will just touch them in 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 ways that um, that they believe in and can be discussion points for yeah. folks who um, don't agree or or even more for kids that um, are dealing with the mm. the complexities of life and the cultures and the races and yeah. so. I'm just, you know, I, I, I love that art Art can do that. It can touch you emotionally as well as um, be abstract enough for people to bring their lives to it. As you were mentioning, there's a lot of space in this book. And, you know, I intentionally made the book very gender neutral because, um, because uh, it's at the end of the day about love and differences and there are so many different versions of love and differences. And so for it to be as, as relatable as possible, we want to be abs- as abstract as possible, but yes. still be specific. And, and that's the hard thing, right? Is to make it specific and but genuine and true um, to real life. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about it because I think I think did it. <laughs> I think that, um, in you abstracting this art, this really wonderful, beautiful thing happens that you've... So I am aware of of, of what books tend to speak to me and, and why. And often it's because there's something in the art that's causing me to feel either that the artist has worked to show me something new or the artist mm-hmm. has worked to make something that I can replicate so the story can become, you know, I can share in that storytelling, like uh, passing the baton to share or something like that, that the artist is using. I can really feel that the artist is using that art for all of the different tools, not only so I can read the picture, but to to communicate something to me, to to drive me to do something, right? So in, in how you've worked the art in this book, you've, you've, offered i feel that space for your young readers that will pick up this book to play with these colors and not be intimidated to tell their stories because we can draw a dot and make them however and whomever we want it's back to like ed emberly doing designs Mm -hmm. with, with all of us and that 
Um, I love it, Ed, Emily. <laughs> I have basically all those drawing books. There you go. Well, <laughs> and to go also yeah. from from that, and also mm-hmm. to show to to show. I mean, so strongly that if you draw this background and don't fill it in, it forces our eyes to focus on character. And so I think in that way, you're teaching us this art lesson as well, that we can guide the reader. We can guide people reading your story just by choosing what to highlight, what to emphasize, where to put focus. And I just thought in that way, you you show your hand as a teacher as well. We haven't got into a whole lot yeah. of talking about you as a teacher, but yeah. I want you to hear from me, because I don't know yeah. how often I tell you this, uh-huh. that I really respect you as a teacher, Ari. I know that you work oh, hard to you. start projects and do things, and you are a driven person, much like myself, but... <laughs> a little crazy, but yeah. <laughs> there you go, but passionate as well. But you've you've taught me a lot of things. When we talk about design, when we talk about marketing and now i mean you've got storyteller academy when we talk about sharing your knowledge of making books with other people but more importantly for me also talking about how to build how to build that place for people to learn do do me a favor for those that aren't aware of storyteller academy just tell them a little bit about what what that is i know that you know i talk about it all the time we we advertise about Mm -hmm. it all the time but but why don't you in your own words say like what the passion was to start it and, and what kind of work you continue to do there? Yeah. So Storytel Academy is an online uh, school that teaches how to make picture books and to be a storyteller. So we teach writing, illustrating, making dummies, and we're growing our class offerings. Um, Actually, quite rapidly, we have Melissa Manlove and Ariel Richardson, who are editors at Chronicle, making a class. Um, we have Vanessa Newton making a class. We have Jim Abbott making. He has a class. It's made. <laughs> and so, um, quite quite simply, what it is is it's a place where you can learn how to make books and stories from people who are doing it as their careers, and you get to study with them. And there's live workshops. It's not just an online school where you watch videos on your own and nothing happens. There's actually weekly live workshops. And so it's a thriving community that is focused on the work because the work is what makes you doing the work is how you get better. And I founded it because, um, you know, I dreamed about telling stories for so many years and it was only through going to conferences and, and, uh, at SCBWI and learning from, you know, some mentors that I chased down that I was finally able to learn how to do some of these things over a long period of time. And I had just wished that Storyteller Academy or something like Storyteller Academy existed uh, before. And so I built it. <laughs> I yeah. basically built it from scratch. And um, I've been learning so much about marketing and getting it out there and, and then, you know, providing that great, experience um but in a nutshell that's what storytelling kind of is about we help uh aspiring storytellers learn learn the craft and and they get published we actually have our first um elaine kearns she runs the kid lit 411 but she, she's our first student that 
got her first book deal and she credits she credits Storyteller Academy. She took her manuscript and went through the process. That's so awesome. Pretty exciting. I'm glad it's yeah. still going well for you. You're you're at over a year now of running it. I remember back when you were piloting mm-hmm. it and how much I just loved to not only I mean guys I've talked to you a bunch of times, so I know you, but yeah. to have that video component and interaction of just hearing you share Ari I've always loved how much you for those people that are meeting you for the first time through this um you are a person that uh is a listener in the world and a reader of the world and a consumer of the world I feel like you take in lots of media and somehow your brain because my brain does not your brain retains it really well and then shares it back out (laughs) so often I'm talking to you and you're like oh and in this book, I got this knowledge. And did you see this video of this thing? And, I'm, and so to have that on record at Storyteller, when I was watching those first sets of videos, was like, this is crazy that this boy remembers everything. But um, <laughs> I'm so glad that that you have this uh, this other corner of the world in your world, not just picture books, but also this other place that you can continue to to um, connect with people and, and be yourself. I think that, uh, yeah. you know, I'm a person that starts projects, as you know, as well. And I always think that the, the, the most sustaining and sincere thing you can do is to be yourself and let that audience find you when they connect with you. And that way, you know, it's it, it's you when they when they get there. And I think that in that way, what you're doing um, and, and, and what um, others with that same passion doing other things similar to you are doing uh, is really what makes children's literature what it is and have the reputation that it does of being a place where we lift up each other, where we are a family, where we really want to care about each other and want to share knowledge with one another. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, hey um, yeah, I mean, we all love no. it. We all love the same things and we're rooting for each other. You know, we support exactly. each other. We're rooting yeah. for each other. I, want to tell you some things that my kids have said about your book. And I mean okay. in the way of like, I wish I could tell you that they are like reviewing your book yeah. and giving, and they do say some nice things, which is great, but really they have made <laughs> your book their own before we go down that track. Cause it's going to get a little silly. Um, can I, can I just ask Ari, is there anything about the story mixed or of the process of making mixed that we didn't talk about that? I didn't ask you about, that you wanted to make sure people knew anything in the illustration, anything, just anything that I missed that you want to make sure yeah. people hear. I think, you know, whether it be making a storybook or making a business, I think the thing I've learned about the process of making anything is it just takes lots of time and revision. So next was an idea I had five years ago, six years ago, it took two, three years to, simplified the story and sure I was working on other things in between but you know it wasn't one of those stories that that you could just bang out or or concentrate really heavily on for a year and finish it 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 had to go through some time and it took many drafts so I think I made something close to 15 or 16 drafts for that story and uh over over a period of time and so there's just one thing I want to say is that, you know, when you go to make something new, it's always just going to go through many drafts. It's hard. It's a, that's, you just have to accept that that's the process of, of making something new. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's why I would want to just leave, you know, whether you're learning about making picture books or, or starting a new project to just go through many, many drafts. So just keep keep with it, you know? Yeah. Keep with it. Yeah. Okay, so um here we go. <laughs> I feel so sheepish okay. telling you this. Oh my gosh. All right. So um we have what well, as we do, we read books everywhere around the house. Um my son um has this really funny habit of he only likes to read a book one time. And it used to be he would call out like, Daddy, we've already read this. Read something different. It's so bizarre. <laughs> he's getting a little better now. Oh, um, but he's also like, yeah. I think as he's started finding himself as a reader in nonfiction, and because he then, because as a nonfiction reader, you often revisit the text over and over and over, that's sort of allowed him to <laughs> revisit other kinds of books <laughs> over and over. And the other thing that's helped is that his three-year-old sister um, wants nothing more than to love a book and read it all the time and in as many different voices as we can, um, including um, yeah. Daddy's Darth Vader voice and Daddy's mm-hmm. Southern attempt, uh, the Southern accent voice. There are, we have, we've read books in lots of different ways and Mixed has fallen subject to many of them. But um, very recently, um, another funny thing happened, which was that um, we're reading the book in, in upstairs, um, and the light that we have in the bedroom, the one light that we have on is uh, the bedside light is like yellow. It's just I mean it's just that that's the color of the light. It's not a white light. It's like a yellow light. And so when you look at your book, it you know when the sun has set and just have this glow of like a yellowish light it changes the hue of the characters a little bit <laughs> my my son gets on the um in the beginning there was um this is after mind you we've read the book 6 7 times in the beginning there were three colors red yellow and blue and he was like no red yellow and purple daddy and I'm like stop it it's red yellow and blue and he's like no it's purple and then we read the entire book and was like that's purple and so it was daddy how can um whatever it was this and this how do no no was you have the blue and yellow no daddy um purple and yellow don't make green like stop it what are you doing child (laughs) and then uh girl started very emphatically going it's purple it's purple just excitedly pointing at everything because purple is her favorite color. So, um, right. a fun thing to look forward to as people read your book is that light, as it does in color theory also, <laughs> light um, affects color. And so it's fun that as we read this book that we we see it differently, that we see <laughs> these different changes. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It cracked me up, though, that after reading it so many times, yeah. he decided that uh, it was purple on this particular evening read. And so I had to get out my iPhone and like flip on the flashlight and be like, no, really, here's a white light. Look at the colors. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. What were the response afterwards? They were like, oh, okay. Oh, oh no, it was still, no, it's purple. No, it's purple. No, it's blue. No, it's purple. It's blue. Because, you know, the iPhone only lights up like a quarter of the page. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never thought about how. Wow. I never even thought about that. (laughs) Jules loved to go back to the purple whenever possible. That was her thing. She we knew that it was we know that it's purple. We've read the book purple and pink to Mm -hmm. go back to that 
over and over and over. We get to the end of the book. Daddy, can we go back to the pink? Where is the pink? We go back to the pink, um, which is a fun thing to do over and over and over again. Uh, so when you do that, of course, you start looking at illustrations more closely. You start looking at things more closely. Um, it's sort of what our girls uh, draw in life has always been when she watches a show on YouTube or on Netflix or when she reads a book or when she whatever. She latches onto this one little thing and then um, wants to see that little thing over and over again. And sometimes it's very hard to figure out what is she talking about? Because <laughs> it was yeah. for a time I want to uh, there's something with a Barbie. I like when Barbie says something. Whatever it was, it was like a one line phrase from one episode of Barbie's life in dream house, whatever it is. <laughs> it's like, Oh my word. My child is nerding out over things and I don't know what she's referencing, but I will say that, um, she has loved your book ever since purple was introduced. So on first reading, uh, <laughs> four pages from the end of the book, you won her over. Uh, and, Good. and, uh, it's been really neat that Jonah has really sort of we brought up about gender, but I didn't feel at the time like it was the right time to, to share this. But yeah. as a seven year old, he guessed at genders. One of the readings through that was the thing he latched onto this one, one of the readings he latched onto blue is purple, mm. which is hilarious. Mm. But one of the readings was um, that's a boy. No, that's a girl. No, that's a whatever. No, it's a girl because um, look at, or it's a boy because look at the way the eyes look or it's a whatever. It's just right. one of those things that it's neat that it's just been neat to, um, to listen. I'll say that way as a parent, it's been really yeah. neat to listen as they've read and to see, to, to hear and see what are they hearing and seeing in this story. Yeah. Yeah. So there that is. Yeah. That's the fun part of of uh, sharing life with a kid is you have to see the world again through their eyes, right? Oh yeah. yeah, and to wish, to wish for just like thirty minutes a day as I sit in front of my computer and I try to write. Can I please just tap into their brains? Yeah, can I just tap into how freely and wonderfully they take in and process the things that they see. Yeah. All right, Chuck. Sure. It has been real. It has been fun. Thank you so much Thank for coming so and much, talking Kathy. to me. Thanks for sharing mixed with me and with everyone listening. Thank you. Welcome. I'm going to wrap up as I as I told you before. I'm going to wrap up by bringing us mm -hmm. back to all of your readers, not just the ones that see purple and blue and pink and <laughs> boys and girls and all of these wonderful things all of these readers that you're going to see. And Ari, I'm going to say to you, I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Yes. That message is that we all are unique colors in this world and, and to mix with people that are different than you. And that, that actually makes the world even more colorful when you understand that you're unique and that other people are unique and to embrace the differences. And so that's the message, is to embrace the differences and to celebrate it and to celebrate it. 
a mix of different different things. This is Aaron Becker, author of The Journey Trilogy and Stone for Sasha. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cosy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.